Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. How you doing, man? Good, 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 good. So, so I'm not mad at you, but last night you sent me a text that I didn't open until I was in bed, and it was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my fucking life. And what it was, it um, it was a video explaining how um, a young six year old girl, uh, Palestinian girl in Gaza, was murdered by the IDF, right? And it, it in short, like this is from. The it's not the BBC, but a European news affiliate right. um, that's covering what's happening in Israel and Gaza. And um, it goes through how this young girl, she was six years old, how she ends up being killed. Um, her and her family were trying to escape because they were in what was supposed to be a safe zone. Um, and, you know, they were bombing and, and shooting had started, so they were trying to get out. They were at a gas station. Um, and some Israeli soldiers pull up, uh, in a tank or armored vehicle of some sort, uh, see them at the gas station, assume that they're terrorists and then open fire and kills everybody. Did you say it was a Hyundai already? It was a Kia. Hyundai Kia. Oh, sorry. Right. Kia. I'm but sorry. they were, they were in a hatchback Kia, um, which real the, terrorist vehicle. Well, I mean, it's just like, okay, like w what's going to happen now? Their argument could be, oh, they could... It could be a bomb. Yeah, there could be a bomb, bomb inside. Sure, okay, sure. but you got this family in this car. They're they're trying to tell the soldiers that they are, um, that they're you know that they're innocent civilians. Uh, they open fire and they kill everybody in the car except the six year old girl. Uh, so the girl you know is the only one left alive in the car. She is you know alert enough to grab a phone and she calls the. Uh, the I think it's the Crimson Guard or yeah, something along those like lines, yeah. and that's their that's the ambulance service that comes. So she calls, basically their equivalent of nine one one. The they say okay, uh, we're going to send an ambulance. They try to stay on the phone with the girl. Uh, they the ambulance people nine one one. They reach out to the IDF and say, look, we're sending an ambulance. There's a six year old girl in this car, who you know is surrounded by dead people. We have an ambulance coming to get the girl out. Right, so... I think it's the Red Crescent, which is basically the Red Cross. Red Crescent, what, Red what, Cross, just Crimson just Guard. I, okay, you know, right, fair. You, right, just, let's not to... get caught on semantics here. So, you know, I mean, you could look up whatever the okay. ambulance group is, that, but actors. that's really okay. not the point. So, the ambulance comes uh, to save the girl, and IDF blows up the ambulance. Right, just blows it up, caught rips it to shred, right? And you see the remains, both the drivers, uh, both the driver and the passenger in the ambulance are killed. Um, and then they proceed to uh, continue firing, right? And they end up killing the girl right there, six-year-old yeah. girl. It's the IDF. Uh, the Israeli Defense Force did that. They, so they knew that there was a six-year-old child in a car surrounded by people that they had just killed. And they knew that an ambulance was coming to get her, and yet they still killed everyone involved. You know, the reason I brought up the, red, the equivalent of the Red Cross is because in 
wars past that Red Cross was basically a symbol saying, we're not part of the combat. We are here to deal with wounded. So they have no fucking excuse. None. You, you can't... I'm Not that there's ever a fucking excuse for military personnel to kill a six-year-old, but, you know... That symbol exists for right. a fucking reason. Now, you know, the Israeli news says, well, there could have been a bomb in there. We didn't know. Yes, she did. You talked to him. You know, I mean, and it goes back to that they're totally ignoring, you know, the rules of engagement. Right. And they don't care. They're being blatant about it. They're going in on the media and, and not saying, oh, we're going to investigate. We're going to see what happened. We're going to see what went wrong. It's, well, we did what we had to do. And the people over there are uh, basically being raised to be terrorists if they're not terrorists already. So we can't tell the difference between who's who. And so we're going to protect ourselves because they're terrible and we're going to kill them all. Like, yeah. When in doubt, we just get to murder. Right. And they're not being held accountable for what they're doing. Um. It's not getting enough attention, and, and there are people who are paying attention who are screaming at the top of their lungs, and the United States, our government, whether you want to say it's Biden or the State Department or the whoever, right, Secretary of Foreign Affairs or pick whatever right. bureaucrat. All of the above. No one is saying anything about it other than, well, uh, we, you know, we've, we, we are talking with uh, Netanyahu through back channels and have requested that he you know uh, come to the table about a ceasefire but they're not they're not forcing their hand right like i mean no no one is saying shut this cut shit this down. shit off or we're gonna cut off money period point blank the end like the republicans are talking about with ukraine right like with ukraine the republicans just want to not send funding right so ukraine has to fold and then russia takes over ukraine like, which for some reason for, for the GOP, that's a good thing. I'm not sure why, but apparently that's a good thing to have Russia being able to expand their power. You so, know exactly why. Because Ukraine didn't give, didn't give Trump the evidence against Hunter Biden that he wanted, so now Ukraine is the enemy. I understand that, but I just mean, from a foreign policy oh. standpoint, right, like they don't have a good explanation on why it's a good idea to not back Ukraine and to let Russia take them over. Right, I mean, are we basing this off the Tucker Carlson interview? I was gonna, I was gonna say, you're oh, you're using logic. That's great. I mean, Tucker, I mean, so Tucker Carlson goes to Russia, interviews Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin gives a two-hour-long history lesson about Ukraine and you know Russia's you know empire, kind of rise and fall. Um, very informative. Thank you, Vlad. Um, you know, very very well versed in history. Vladimir is assuming that what he said was true because it wasn't <laughs> um there was definitely like definitely some very curious facts that vlad threw in there or i should say didn't throw in and left out um but it, it's you know going back to israel it is just unconscionable the the level of of inhumanity, just, I think would be the word I use. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, they when they killed their own hostages, they were Israelis who were trying to run to freedom, thinking that the Israeli soldiers were going to help them, and the soldiers killed them. That should have told us everything we needed to know about how they're proceeding, and I think that we even said that. We did. And this is just another example of 
of where they're at with this. And, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people on social media who are really passionate about this, who, you know, speak out about it daily. They use their plat their social media platform, whether they got, you know, a hundred followers or they got, you know, 50,000. They talk about this every day and they're like, how come, how, why, why you should be talking about this every day? How dare you talk about the Super Bowl? How dare you watch the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is a distraction. This is the main thing. You know, America's letting them get away with it. Like, America's not letting them get away with anything, right? Israel is doing this, right? Now, they're doing it on our dime with money that we've given them and, and ammunition and weapons and planes and everything else that, that we've provided. Um, but Israel is still the one that is doing this, right? Right, Because we, we do need to cut off funding to Israel. This does need to stop. Um, but just because we cut off funding, Israel's not broke, Right. If we cut off funding, th this doesn't stop. In Israel's going to keep. Now, I'm not saying that's a reason to keep funding it. Right. We need to cut it off and we need to say, you've gone too far. Enough is enough. We are not going to continue to support this. You need to come to the table, but we're cutting the money off no matter what. And when you're ready to come to the table, we'll, we'll be there. But we can't we can't just sit back and continue to fund your uh, evisceration genocide genocide. Of of an entire people because you need to get out your your rage over the last sixty years, right? Against um, such a fucked up situation, but that like I said, that uh, video you sent me when you see the remains of that ambulance, just it was weird because you see the frame of the vehicle and flames and nothing else. Right. It was the most and and knowing it was a fucking Kia and. Again, you're right. Okay, it could have had a bomb. My shoe could have a bomb. Look, I'm and I'm not justifying their reasoning. I'm just saying, oh, I'm just telling you what their reasoning is. They're they're right. saying, well, it was a car, it could have had a bomb in it. It was an ambulance, it could have had a bomb in it. So we yeah. have to eradicate. Again, them. that's right? my point. There was a shoe bomber once, an ineffective one, but there was a shoe bomber. I'm wearing shoes. I guess I could have a bomb. Does that mean if I walk out in the street, I can get gunned down by the Cleveland police because I could have a bomb? But it does mean that you could be reasonably searched at the airport when you try to get on a plane like the shoe bomber did, right? Sure. But, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that is a reasonable response to that, right, is an investigation. Sure. Not a, I see a car and it's in a place where there are people who may want to put a bomb in a car, so I'm going to just shoot every fucking car that I see, especially if there's people in it. Right, because here's my question: How many empty cars that didn't have people in it did you drive by, or did you just blow up every car that you saw? Oh, this car has people in it, so we're gonna blow it up. It it is again, because no matter what the answer is, it's fucked up. Right, if you're just blowing up cars as you drive down the street, one that seems like a hell of a waste of ammunition. I get why you would do it so that someone can't turn around and use that car to escape or whatever. Which, by the way, people should be escaping this. It's not like anyone from. It's not like anyone in Gaza, right? That's Palestinian or otherwise, unless they're unless they're an Israeli. No one there is going to try to escape into Israel. Well, and I mean, the whole point has been, we, you know, Israel's um, argument has been, we're telling people ahead of time we're coming in. So if you're not Hamas, get out. Well, that's a lot tougher well, to do without. How a are they going to go? Cop. Right, like, like where? There's no, there's no car, and where are they going to go? Right? I agree, but that's, that's their argument is, oh, yeah. we gave warning. Great. Warn me that you're going to bomb Cleveland, take away my vehicle, and um, 
You know, <laughs> tell me to get to Columbus. Right. It's like, we're going to take away your car. We're going to get rid of the airport. We're going to get rid of any bus depots. You know, you could try a train, right. but we're going to blow that up too. And we've taken your car. Okay, now we're coming in and, and you need to get out of here. Yeah. Right? Like, that's literally what they're doing. Um, I don't know, man. It just, it, it like, every day that this goes by and you don't hear a definitive statement from the United States that we are going to just stop aid to Israel until they decide to come to the table for a ceasefire, they don't get another dollar. I, And that's not because I hate Jews. It's not because I'm a, a, a Nazi. It's not because I'm anti-Semitic. It's because they are literally wiping out an entire group of people out of pure hate. Yes. Right? I mean, it's just, it's hate, it, it is hate fuel. And it's, oh, well, I mean, if you look at what they've done to us in the past, so you kill every, you kill innocent women and children? That, right. Now, now you, f- you feel like you're, you're even? I, 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 Steve, I've said this 10 times on the show and to you uh, privately. I just don't see a fucking solution. I Dude, don't. I mean, but how many, like, I've seen I, countless wait, videos wait, of. I was like, stopping the fighting is a, a band aid at least. Right. I mean, you, you but. I've seen Israeli people call uh, um, uh, Palestinians animals and, and all sorts of derogatory names. Sure. Right, and they, and they say that, well, it's because look at what they've done to us. All right, fine. Well, now I'm looking at what you're doing to them, right? Like, and we're not even talking about your treatment of Palestinians before all this shit happened, right? Which is part of the reason that they were so pissed off at you in the first place. But that aside... What you're doing right now, where you're blowing up hospitals, you're blowing up schools, you're killing people sitting in a Kia at a gas station that are trying to get gas so they can get the fuck out of there so they can avoid being killed, and you kill them anyway, including a six-year-old child who you knew was there, who you knew an ambulance was coming for help, and you blew the ambulance up and then killed a girl anyway. Yeah. At some point, like, this is this is not about anti-Semitism. This isn't about... Jewish versus Muslim. This this is about a monster that has now grown out of control and is blinded by rage and vengeance and needs to be stopped. Like, this has to stop. It, it does. And it, it's always something that, you know, you, you said they call them animals, they do whatever. That's part of war for a long time, right? You dehumanize. Yes, yes, you dehumanize yes, yes. We the, get that. We get it. But I'm just saying, I'm, like... I'm not saying it's right. So... But they're, you know, so they basically said, okay, this is not murdering humans. It's a six-year-old girl. Fairly certain she has not been indoctrinated to whatever. You know what? I'm going to go down a road that's going to be ugly and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it just, it's, my issue, again, is with the state of Israel and with the United States just not having a spine. Right. I mean, it's like you have like, how do you not look at I mean, we're talking about thousands, tens of thousands of people, just innocent civilians. Right. The, the, you know, numbers north of 30,000 innocent civilians killed. Right. And then if you're if you're really pro-Israeli, well, they weren't all innocent, e- even okay. if even if it's half of that, even if it's 15,000 people. Right. That's still way too fucking many. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, it with, just... With, it, with it's, no rules of engagement, like you said. There's no... Um, there it, are it, rules it, of engagement. They are just not following them. 
Oh, well, they, <laughs> I mean, there's, if, the, if, if we were to hold them to the Geneva Convention standards, this would be a war crime. Okay, it is a fucking war crime. It sorry, is let me, a war sorry, crime. Let me, let me fix that statement. This is already a war crime, but this would be like a you are going to face trial after this is over situation. Um, and, you know, if the Israeli response is almost as, I, I can't say that, is indicative of how bad this event is. Because if the Israeli government came out and said, this is atrocious, we are holding these people accountable, this is a one-off event, it would still be horrific. But rather than that, they're going, well, they could have had a bomb. I mean, they're justifying. They're not holding right. account. That, I mean, and you're, you're speaking about the incident with the, with the six-year-old girl, right, where the government should come out and say, this is a one-off, we'll investigate it, this was very unfortunate, and, you know, Those this isn't the, right. But they're just like, eh, look, yeah. sucks to be her. Yeah. Right? Wrong place, wrong time. And by wrong place, I mean wrong, literally wrong country. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to something lighthearted. Our hmm. fucked up government. So Donald Trump um, came out and said uh, that if he was president again and a NATO, member of NATO wasn't paying their dues, he used the term paying their dues like it's fucking... What? Like the it's guy, a, he, you know, he, he wants to be a mob boss, let's face it. And, and other things will come up in, the, in in that topic as well. But he's like, if you don't pay up and Russia wants to invade you, not only won't we protect you, but we'll tell Russia, do what the hell you want. I think he used those exact words. Yeah. And does anyone understand how critical those words are? I mean, I'm sorry, yes, most people do. But does any Trump supporter understand how critical those words are? Like, he's literally saying, if you elect me, I'm just letting go the reins on Vlad, and you want to go to Poland, you want to go to wherever... Anyone who I don't feel is... Look, you know, Section 5 or Paragraph 5 of the NATO alliance, right, says an attack on one is an attack on one. Right. Right. And he is putting that in jeopardy by saying, like, if you don't pay, then that doesn't count for you. Right. Now, look, Trump isn't the only president to complain about this. Right. Most presidents have for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Right, that they're not paying the proper percentage of their GDP into defense. Right, right, and then that ends up putting additional strain on you know U.S. resources, and we're basically responsible for the entire group. And the reality is, as long as the United States continues to just say, "Hey, keep paying," or, "Hey, you need to pay," but even though you haven't paid, we're going to keep protecting you then there's little incentive for the rest of the world to, to or the rest of the NATO countries that aren't paying their fair share to really pay more because they're like, even though we're not doing it, they're still in it. So what's the point, right? We don't believe, you know, we're not nearly as, as gun-ho as the United States. So if they want to put trillions of dollars and billions of dollars into their defense, then let them do it. And if something goes down, which we don't feel that there might, then we're good, right? Um but I think between Trump and the language that he's using and what they're seeing with Russia and Ukraine, that I think some of those countries are rethinking it, right, and, and rethinking what that means. Now, the question is, does it cause these other countries then to 
you know, try to figure out a way to, to defend themselves without the United States, or does it get them to just say, all right, we need to start spending at the rate we agreed to to make sure that we have that protection because shit is getting real with what Russia is doing right now. So to your point, yes, there is the fear, right, which could damage NATO. But in this particular instance, man, I, you know. What? All right, we have ambassadors to every one of those countries. Yep. It is our, it is that ambassador's job to say, hey, you know, and again, we make it sound like it's a, a transaction, like, you know, here's here's X amount of money, now nah, we're still good, right? It's much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Having said that, when you flat out say, Russia, do what the hell you want, that's next level yeah. unhinged. That's I, next level, like... I mean, look, and even, you know, John Bolton, which it's hard to take John Bolton serious because it's like, look, dude, you were right there, you could have stopped a lot of this, you didn't do it, and now you're trying to sell books, and now you're trying to make the, the, the talk show circuit... But he does say, like, look, one of his big concerns while Trump was in office was that Trump was going to pull the U.S. out of NATO, which would be the collapse of NATO and pretty much signal that Russia had rule of Europe, right? Um, You know, to a degree, right? Like, they would go back and try to recapture what they had in the USSR and maybe try to capture even a little bit more. Maybe. I don't know, right? But there's, there's plenty of bad implications that come with the idea of NATO falling apart. So the concern that is literally coming from a guy like John Bolton who worked directly with Trump, right, and, yeah. you know, was... Uh, was a, he Secretary of Defense? I, I'm, no, he wasn't Secretary of Defense. He was uh, some security was advisor, oh, okay, okay, okay. Something, something along those lines. But he did have, a, you know, a high level in the office or in the administration. Um, you know, I... I think on the one hand, it's it's good to saber rattle a little bit and say, like, we're serious, guys. You need to pay up. But the problem is, is that I think this is more than just saber, rattle, saber rattling, right? Like, so I think some good that could come out of it is that these countries are just like, all right, I don't want to fuck around. Let's just pay, start putting more in our, into our defense and get this guy to shut up. That's the best case scenario, right? And it feels unlikely. Well, the reason I would argue against that is it's saber rattling if you're in an office and saying you know we need to do this when you're saying i'm going to come in and do this you're basically building the storm clouds to um scare the world and it's you know trump has no power right now and i hope it stays that way but he's basically putting the, you know the, the but if trump gets elected what do you think those country those nato countries do freak the fuck out I don't know what a country freaking out does, but I mean, they're going to be sitting there going, now we got to wonder, was this just the ramblings of a, you know, guy who loves rallies and whatever? Hold on. Shouldn't the initial thought be, maybe we should spend more on defense? Would you, that would imply that you trust Trump at his word and that you, um, okay. Whether you do or you don't, it seems like at that point it's probably a good idea to start spending more on your defense because if you trust him, right, then you do it. You go ahead and you spend more because that's what protects you and holds NATO together. If you don't trust him and you don't trust him to stay in NATO as, as you know, to keep the U.S., then you better start spending more on your defense because you're not going to have the U.S. protecting you. Well, but, to, all right, let me take a step further. 
Do you think that even if we pay... So is there any world where you think it's a good idea for NATO countries to actually pay what they should, what what the sure. agreement is? And it's, and, it's, and it's... That's all I'm trying to say. Like, maybe at some point, the, like, instead of trying to be the smartest fucking people in the room, the simple answer is, all right, maybe those countries just should probably pay their fair share. On this... But, look, if... Whether Trump or... Like, it's in their best interest to do it, like, you're trying to argue that Trump is an asshole because he said this. Fine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But maybe there's a world out there where they should probably do and commit, like, follow through okay. with their commitment. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay. But so maybe there's, like, I mean, we get it. Trump's a loudmouth blowhard, Jim, but that okay. is a reality. Okay. But then there's also the, and they talk about enabling Russia, enabling Putin. Yeah. But, okay. So, Yes. Yes, I'm not they, saying it's a good idea that I, he should have, he should not have said this, right? But he did say it, and you're now stuck. He can't unsay it. So now you, there's you can unelect, you could not elect him. <laughs> we're not that smart. We already elected him once. He's ahead in all the polls, right? You're you're relying on him getting you're you're, you're relying on him being found guilty on one of these 91 indictments, or him basically dying, right? Because that the like. It feels like that's pretty much the only way to keep him out of office at this point. I don't agree with that. I think he might. I think what we just talked about before this is a big fucking problem for Joe Biden. And that's being the whole thing with Israel and Palestine. Because you got a large selection, a large contingent of the Democratic Party that is real unhappy with what's going on over there and our support of it. Agreed, but they're not going to Trump. They're not going. And and uh, let's, all right. So let me let me keep, keep with, with the uh, mob boss um, analogies. Trump has argued that presidents should have immunity because you can't do the job without immunity. That's like literally saying I need to be able to break the law to do my job. That is what he's saying, and, and, we, and we've talked about it. It's ridiculous because you've had forty plus other presidents who didn't need immunity to do the job. It was never an issue of them going to jail after, right? I, I mean, agree. Yeah, I agree. Nixon. And by the and by the way. The um, one event that you know the the hush money cover up slash you know illegal handling of finances, he wasn't president then, so you don't get immunity as a president when you weren't fucking president. Um, but it's I know I probably say this every fucking week. Uh, I'm f bombing a lot today, um, but it's. It just seems it's getting crazier and crazier. And as I've interacted with a couple other people that I don't see very often, and I'm getting their perspectives, it's absolutely amazing to me how they can just ignore realities. I mean, I, I talk to nice people who, blue-collar, decent folks, and then I'm, you know, say something about, well, does this bother you? They don't even know what happened. Um, because my fear is, is that this guy gets elected again. Right. And at that point, it's going to be hard to stop them. And I think a lot of these people are going to get what they want. But the problem is, is that Trump is going to do always he's going to do what's best for him and his bank account and his legacy in his mind. And by that point in time, it'll be too late for the people that thought that he might be able to help or fix things or make America great again and all that other bullshit because I don't think that there's anything that he could do that's going to unleash the economy, right? That's going to get 
interest rates to fall and that's going to get, you know, all these high paying jobs, but it's also going to, you know, not cause inflation. Like, he, you know, like he say he can fix it all and he's going to come in, snap his fingers. He's going to stop the war in Ukraine. He's going to have everything resolved with Israel and Palestine and that the economy and the market and all that stuff is all going to be perfect. Right. Never mind the fact that the market is booming still. Yeah. But and we know it's fucking delusional. Right, we know it's yes. fucking delusional, but the problem is, is that if he gets into that, if he gets into that role, some of the policy things that he's talked about, like as it relates to you know going after people who doubted him or that he doesn't like, and all this other shit, um, you know, some of the stuff with immigration and you know kicking people out of the country if they can't pass a, you know, a, a certain American-driven, you know, uh, uh, test, or if they can't. Um, or if they if they disagree with with uh, uh, an American position, right? That they're going to get kicked out of the country and they're going to lose their visa, all that sort of shit, right? Not to mention, we know he wants to come in immediately, start cutting taxes again, right? Which who he's cutting taxes for is right another issue, and he also continues to shit on the military. I never thought I would see a day when a U.S. presidential candidate could shit on the military and remain relevant for 20 minutes, much less lead the fucking Republican Party by a lot. And the most recent one was when he was mocking Nikki Haley's husband, like saying, where is he? Oh, he knows, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, he's deployed in the combat zone. I mean, come the fuck on. If, if a Democratic candidate did that on a debate stage with Nikki Haley, the right-wing media would implode or explode. Yes. It would implode of some kind. And rolls right off his back. I mean, he went after John McCain. They didn't care. Right. right. And he, you know, you've got the statements that he made about the, you know, World War II best being suckers and, you know. Like, What's in it for them in Arlington we, Cemetery? We know this. We know who he is. We know what he is. Right, which is why he can't get back in the get back in the office, and I'm not supporting that in any way, shape, or form. I think what he said was stupid, and what he said was reckless as it relates to NATO. But on the flip side, maybe it is an alarm, a red flag to those countries. Like, look, yeah, they don't trust him, and they shouldn't trust him, and they should be very wary of of trying to deal with him because you don't know what he might do. He is unpredictable. I don't know, is it just bluster, or is one of his first orders of business is to figure out how to get the U.S. out of NATO from the get-go? No one knows that. So the one thing I am saying is that maybe, no matter what, it is in those NATO countries that aren't paying what they should in the NATO agreement to start. Okay. I mean, again, I'm looking now at local politics and saying he's... He's doing and saying things that are absolutely insane. He said multiple times, we're being invaded in the southern border and blah, blah, blah. And then a border bill pops up and he literally says, oh, don't pass that. And then he came out and said, we don't need a bill. Well, then you didn't need a bill, cocksucker. So, yeah. I mean. That's the part where he's like, Joe Biden doesn't need a bill. He could do it with the wave of his hand. It's like, then why didn't you do it with the wave of your hand? Right. You know. Um, and so then the Democrats come out with a funding bill for Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan, and it gets bipartisan. It was very bipartisan. It, was a bipartisan it, went, bill. it went seventy to twenty-nine in the Senate. Yeah, that's in, that. 
I'd love to know when the last time there was anything that got any national attention went 70 to 29 in the Senate. But the Senate, like, and part of that is that I think the Senate knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere. And so I think that that maybe plays a role in it, right? Well, I would disagree because if the Senate believes that it's not going anywhere and you want a grandstand and you're a Republican, you probably vote against it. I would think, right? If you don't mm, want to be a no, because I mean, I think, I, I think they, like, they believe, I think there's, Plenty that believe, like, look, this is probably a pretty good idea, right? Like we Okay, but, um, but, but if you're saying they know it's dead on arrival anyway, then, you know, you're going to choose a political... I agree, it's definitely a good idea. But they could say, I mean, depending on what they're... I mean, like, look, for some of these people, it may make sense. If they got a large Ukrainian population, right? What if they got a large conservative Ukrainian population, right? In their, you know what I mean, in their state or whatever, then maybe the move is, if I know this bill isn't going anywhere, I could vote yes and not catch any heat for it and be, and look like the saying good guy again well you're assuming that saying good guy is what people I mean, cause we had a lot right of people now. who voted for it yeah. right yes. and so okay. or, so or maybe they just fucking believe it I don't know maybe it wasn't I, there's like no grandstanding I, I would right? like to think they actually do believe it right in in you know but it didn't go anywhere it's it, and it's not going to you know the argument is well there's you know house bill 8 HB2 right um and I have to go back and look at it all, all I do know though is when it you know, you said that Trump said there's going to be an invasion at the southern border. The number of people that we have coming in at the southern border, now, I, as it relates to the trucker convoy, trucker convoy went to Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is a place that has, for a long time, just had a good relationship with people crossing the border. There's a lot of people who cross there illegally, and the people who don't cross, there's an asylum processing center right there, and those people there don't really have an issue with the immigration, right? Like how it works. Like they actually have a system in place and it's it's not this big affront to the people of Eagle Pass. And yet that weird trucker convoy goes to Eagle Pass and they can't figure out why it doesn't look like the horror stories they right. hear about or the shit that like you, you can see because there are places where it is really bad at the border. Those dipshits just went to the wrong place. Um, it's, know, it's really bad for a bunch of reasons, but one of the numbers I heard was 800,000 people came across last week. I'm like, no. Nearly a million people did not cross in a week. I think that was a Newsmax thing, so that there's that. But no, I mean, you, you could... Now, I think you could see... Uh, you know, I think you could see numbers upwards into the twenty to 30,000, right? You know, if you're getting because oh, I, like, I, think I, about, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm just well, saying eight hundred thousand process that. The the bill that they wouldn't pass, that the bill that the Senate passed had remember it had a cap. Like if you hit five thousand people in a day, then right. you can shut the whole thing down. Well, we already know that they're they're exceeding five thousand people a day right now across the border. That's why they put that in there. That's why they and they chose that number. Right. So it could shut things down right now until you can get some of these different measures and things in place to help, you know, deal with the with the with the ebb and the flow. So I, I just I mean like we're getting a fuck ton of people in. I, 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 it's I not eight hundred thousand. Don't get hung up on the number. Don't but, get hung up on the number. We but have that's a lot a of ridiculous and that's, statement. It is a ridiculous statement. But even still, even if the number is just twenty thousand people coming in a day, that's still a lot. Yeah. Right? And, and if they're coming in just a few key points it's a lot for those places where those people are coming in, right? Like the, the infrastructure, the residents who live there, everything, yeah. right? Like, so it is, the issue at the border needs to be dealt with. 
And, and right now, the Republicans who are screaming the most that something needs to be done with it are the ones that are playing obstructionists about it. And impeaching the guy for not... What's his name? Yeah, Mayorkas. And, you know, that's it's such a dog shit, right? Like, he's the Secretary of, uh, Secretary of Homeland Defense, yep. right? Which, you know, encompasses immigration and ICE and everything else. And, or I think it's Homeland Security, sorry. It is, actually, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Republicans pushed really hard because they wanted we wanted to... They wanted to impeach him. We know that that is also dead because it's got to go to the Senate to actually be tried. The Senate, they're not going to sign off on it. So this thing is not going to go anywhere. Right. right? Um, and I believe the vote was 214 to 213. Which yes. Is, which is... For, yeah, 214 to, to impeach him, 213 not to. Um, and what's interesting is is that, you know, George Santos' seat ends up going to a Democrat, but they obviously... Were just elected two days ago. This vote happened yesterday, so they're, you know, they won't be able to vote until they officially take that that right. seat. Get sworn in and whatnot. Um, right, which I'm not sure when that is. They said it could happen this week. Oh, okay, but either way, he misses that vote, um, and you know, which is unfortunate because it could have thrown a wrench in in the, in Mayorkas even being impeached. Um, again, I don't think it goes anywhere. I don't think we actually go through a Senate trial, right, and all that sort of shit. But what we say, we both know what this is. This is the petulant child saying, "You impeach Trump, so now we're going to impeach Biden." Oh wait, we can't do that. We got nothing. Um, border. We're going to impeach that guy. They're just looking to say we impeached someone because you did, and and they they there are people who've actually said those words like, "Well, they did it, so we can't too." It is literally like eight year olds on the fucking playground. Yeah. And then you know the question is like, what's the crime? What's the misdemeanor? Right. right, because you know they're saying, well, he didn't. By him not enforcing the laws as they were written, he is not doing his job, and therefore he is a traitor. Which, in, in reality, they're they're basically saying, we think you suck at your job, so we're going to impeach you. That's not the either standard for impeachment. But I'm not trying to parse words with you. Yeah, but, but that that's what they're saying, and it's also, I think they're setting it up to say either. You're bad at your job, so you need to be out of your job, right? And that, that counts under the impeachment, you know, justifications or justifications for impeachment. Or they're trying to say that you're intentionally allowing all these people in because you want to convert the immigrants into Democratic voters. This is all a part of Biden's scheme, and that is a crime, is insurrection, is a... Uh, uh, treason. Treason. Uh, so you want to be clear? That's not your stance. No, it's that's not. How, that's because that's how. But it's this is, like, but this is this is how they're this is how it's playing out though, right? Yeah. Like that's. I mean, we've heard that how many countless times on every from every conspiracy theorist and and talking head that it's it's the replacement theory where they're trying to bring in immigrants to move out white people and the immigrants will vote for the Democrats and the Democrats will stay in power forever because there's an endless flow of immigrants that can come into the United States and push white people out. That is their argument. That is their theory. That's why they're so anti-immigration because really it's, I guess, genocide by a million paper cuts? I don't know. No, it's uh, it's poisoning the blood of America. And when I heard people justifying that saying, oh, they're talking about fentanyl. Shut the fuck up. You, you wow. hear that? 
You didn't hear her say that? I, I've, I've heard, so I've that heard the defense. poisoning the bloodline of America. I have not heard that, that they that, were referencing fentanyl. So when people were... Que- I was watching Man on the Street stuff and like, how do you feel about him saying this? It's a, you know, basically a direct quote from Hitler. Like, oh, it's different. He's not talking about invasion of our population. He's talking about fentanyl. I'm like, okay. No, he's not. <laughs> and either was Hitler. Who okay. was on meth, by the way. Um, real quick. So right now, uh, Fanny Willis and... Nathan Wade are facing some kind of a legal proceeding regarding their uh, role in the Georgia um, election interference case. And basically the issue is that Nathan Wade was given a position from Fannie Willis, uh, a fairly high one, and they in the prosecution, and they have a relationship. Um, He's going through or recently divorced. Anyway, I watched some of this proceeding today, and it was painful. But at the same time, she needs to recuse herself, and so does he, because even though when, when this all started, she said, welcome to the circus, and she's 100% right. I'm not arguing that this is not just a complete clown show. At the same time, just put some... Fulton County, Georgia, has plenty of prosecutors. Give them your, your files and say, you know what, let's get the fucking showbiz out of this and... Do our jobs. And yes, that will probably mean the trial gets kicked back, maybe past the election. Who knows? But when you're in the situation and you have to contend with, well, what did... Literally, um, Nathan Wade on the stand while I was there was asked when they started being intimate. I was going to say when you start fucking, but I'm a classy guy, so I wouldn't say that. Um, But he was asked that question and the judge was kind of like, okay, we've established this. Let's move on. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And I'm watching this going, oh my God, these are people getting questioned about doing their jobs to prosecute a case against a former president of the United States related to in, uh, election integrity. And by the way, even if the state had flipped, it wouldn't have changed the results of the election. But at this point, if you're uh, Fannie Willis, you just need to go, you know what? For the good of the country, I'm going to say, fine, we'll go to the B team because the B team can still win this case. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at right now in the state of Georgia whether, you know, uh, Willis and, and Wade. Wade should be disqualified. And, um, you know, also looking further in the relationship, looking for uh, further impropriety. Yeah, financial proprieties. Yes. Um, And I I don't, like I heard, I listened to a little bit of Wade on the stand. And um, it didn't sound great for him. (laughs) He was excruciating. Right, like he's, he's sitting there saying, you know, they asked him, like, did your law firm receive payment in the form of a check for $300,000 from the prosecutor's office, right? And he's like, well, my firm only received a third of it. And then once that, you know, all the bills were paid and blah, 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 then I was able, I kept a profit. So I only, my firm only got a third and then I only got what was left after all the expenses were paid. Um, He doesn't answer the question clearly. It sounds like He's playing some semantics here. Sure. You he's know. sparring, but he's a lawyer. I mean... Yeah, I don't think he did a great job of it, right? Because he, what he's implying... I get what he's trying to say, right? Like, you've got this big firm. 
and then every lawyer in a firm has their own practice. Right, okay. Right? You, so you're, you're the legal side of this game, so... So he's saying that his practice within his firm only received a third, right? But it's like, well... And, and this is what I don't know. I, I don't have this fact. Were there two separate other law firms? So it was Wade, you know, Wade's legal law firm services, right? And then was there Jim's and Steve's, or was it all one law firm, right? And maybe there's two other partners, and Wade is one of those partners, which is where he's saying, like, I'm a partner, I'm partner with these guys, but my firm is independent of those, and I only received a third of the funds, right? Like, and that, the difference there kind of matters, because what they're trying to say is that you were paid in excess of what other special co- prosecutors were paid, and you've got this personal relationship with with uh, Fannie Willis, the, the prosecutor, and so if her office is paying you more than what they pay other people in your position, and you've got this relationship with her, then, you know, that reeks of impropriety, right? Like, But back to my original point, I, I say they should both step down and say... Well, yeah, you're, okay, you're, you're okay, right. But okay. what I'm saying, I, I just want to lay out, like, there's no optic that this looks good or okay. Agreed. And so, so the, the move would be, instead of going through all this... Maybe what you do is just say, look, we we will just step back. We'll both yeah, okay. take a step back. Page. You know, Fanny hands it over to Freddie and, and Wade, go do your own thing. Yeah. Right? And or, 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 or stay in the, I don't care if they stay in the Fulton County prosecutor. That's an yeah, elected they, position. They, yes, they, they, yes. She would stay as a prosecutor. She just wouldn't work on, the, on Trump's case. Right. Exactly. Right? That would need to be handed over to somebody else. And then Wade would need to be pulled off of Trump's case. Um, and probably not brought back as a as a special prosecutor again, um, you know, at least while Willis is there. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> either way, it, it's again, it's a clown show, and you have the F- Fanny Willis. You have the ability to say her ego won't let her. Okay, well, that's I'm that's, just that's you, a problem. I get. I didn't say it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just saying it's the right thing to do. And I don't and think the right his thing to will, do. Can, I mean, like I think they're both standing. Firm, right? I sure. think it's the absolute wrong move. I think she needs to just say, you know what? For the sake of everybody, I want to step back. He needs to do the same thing. And then they roll with it that way. Now, Agreed. Trump, now even if they do that, Trump may not be able to get, you know, like, because they'll just shift, right? They'll get a new prosecutor. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do course. all that sort of stuff. And they can, the trial can still go on, right? You get those two removed. Then the major grievance and gripe is 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 removed because then you bring in another prosecutor. Prosecutor goes through all the evidence and says, "Yeah, this is totally legit. Slam dunk. Still want to move forward with the case. New, you know, mm-hmm. new name, same mission." Yeah. Um, but Trump is hoping that they can not only get her Fannie Willis and Wade thrown off, but they get all the charges dropped because of the improper relationship. Right. But that doesn't necessarily connect because the relationship doesn't necessarily impact at all the the um merit of this case right right so like basically looking for a a mistrial or dismissal because well i was wrongly uh um uh prosecuted or what's a charged like okay no you weren't maybe these guys were doing stuff that 
know, right? Because what they're saying, yeah, I mean, because what they're trying to say is that those two being in love were somehow in cahoots to hold Donald Trump back or down or whatever they want to say, right? Um, which is a, obviously it's a very very far stretch, but here we are. So, Fanny, do the right thing. Just get the sideshow away. Fanny and, and Nate. And Nate. Nasty well, Nate. But, but she doesn't have a... Or Nate doesn't have a... I'm calling him Nate. <laughs> and so did you. But... I'm calling him Nasty Nate. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I know why you did that. Because you have a f- former teammate by that name. And any chance you get to bring up Nasty Nate. And don't make me bring up the horse that led you up on the quad. And you mess again. Um, sorry, this is very much an inside baseball story. But if you know it, it's great. Um... Anyway, all right. Can we can we jump to the good and bad of sports? Yeah, you you were trying to make a point. And I'm not sure where you were going. Oh, I was making the same point that I was just saying that he can't make the decision for her to step down. She's in charge. She makes the call. No, but he can step. He has been instituted as special prosecutor. He can absolutely say, you know what? It's probably better that I don't do this. I'll handle okay. over my files to another special prosecutor. That's not fucking the prosecutor. Okay, that's probably the right move for both of them. They both Agreed. need to step Agreed. down. Okay, agree. I thought if she steps down, he's kind of automatically. No. Okay. I mean, right. Then yes. Then, 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 then yes, you are correct. They sh- both need to. He would be, but they need to get ahead of this. They should have yeah. got ahead of this forever okay. ago. So, they, they did. They can't get ahead of it now because it's. Yes. Wait, but but they now need to, they get, need to wake right. up and go. This is not for good for anyone. Right. They should have done it way before now. I and, and you know now that it's it's. You know, you've got, they're in court testifying. I, I don't yep. know. Now it's a complete sideshow and terrible for But they ev- still everyone. should step down, but they won't. Okay. Well, you're right, so I'm not going to argue. Let me say it differently. I hope you're wrong. I'm not betting on this one, but uh, I definitely hope you are wrong. Um, and again, watching that on, uh, on um, uh, CNN today and watching the actual testimony, it was excruciating. And I know court proceedings aren't nearly as fun in real life as they are on, uh, you know, in on TV and in movies. But when you're watching this shit today, it was exhausting. I don't know. Sometimes court court can be a good time, actually. Well, um, this was if it's, if this, it's going this, your way. This was not. If it's this going your not. way, otherwise it's rough. All right. So the you Kansas got, City Chiefs. Yeah. So Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They beat the 49ers, but unfortunately. They had their parade yesterday and uh, on on Wednesday, and um, you know, person ends up being killed. Um, mo- like you know, twenty some injured. Yeah, almost two dozen people injured in the shooting. Seems to have stemmed from a, a beef argument between two people that it, you know. Ends well, it was up, a gang thing, and, and maybe and, I I th- th- they're leaking out details slowly. It's right. only been a day, so I don't want to speak on the why any further because we don't know. Um, but obviously it's it's a terrible situation, right? I mean, like people are out there just trying to enjoy the Super Bowl win, which, you know, plenty of other cities have done. You know, well, actually not that many lately. It's mostly yeah. been fucking Boston, Philly, and Kansas City. But, you know, people are just trying to enjoy the parade and, you know, this terrible, sad, awful event happens. Um yeah, you know, the woman that was killed, she was, uh, what was her name? Uh, Lisa I to... G was her name as a DJ. Yeah, Lisa. Uh, Lisa Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah, something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just really unfortunate the way that that, that, that goes down. Um, and and was... most of the people involved were juveniles. Most of the people injured were juveniles. Yes, most of the people injured were juveniles. I don't. Again, I don't know enough about the shooters right now. 
um, in terms of age and of, know, of the three people brought into into custody, two were juveniles. Right, but I still I that, okay, again, that just, means that just, they were under eighteen. I but understand. Like, I don't know how specifically how old they were. I do believe that two were black. I'm not sure about the other one. I think I have no idea. Uh, like I, I just I don't know. Like I'm I'm trying to prevent us from going too deep down it because we just you know that the facts are still up in the air. Um, you know, obviously yeah. the, you, you you jump to the the normal talking points about you know guns, gun control, and everything else. Um, and I still hold firm that you know instead of trying to make new laws that you are going to unfairly and unjustly kind of put on poor urban communities, I think that you need to put more time and energy into creating better opportunity into those opportunities or into those areas um, and those specific demographics um, to help deal with some of the issues that are causing this violence. And then we could have a serious conversation about gun control. And, and, and to your point, we should definitely st step away from this now because by the time we publish this, who knows what will have unfolded. Yeah, that's what I was trying to kind of get at. Like, we don't know a whole lot, right. so we're not going to say a whole lot because you know how this goes. You know, I mean, you had that incident, remember, at the border in Buffalo. and Oh, that's you know, right. Remember, was, they were just like, oh, there was a bomb inside. And it's just like, no, <laughs> no they, were they were just, just whacked on men. Right, they were just high out of their fucking minds and took a fucking Bentley, you know, airborne. Um, um so what we do know about the Super Bowl... That story is still so wild. I don't think we really talked about it. <laughs> we did, but... Again, knowing the area, it's even that much more wild. It would be like... Anyway. Um, uh, but what we do know is that uh, Travis Kelsey bumped, shoved... How, how do you want to say what he did to Andy Reid? Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, look, he I, I get where his camera... Right, like, everybody saw it in the first half. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, comes charging at Andy Reid... Is screaming at him to, you know, to keep, you know, telling. <coughs> Bless. <coughs> Sorry. That's great. <laughs> right. We need a butt. They got a sneeze button. Sneeze button. We have a cough button. Um, but, you know, he's yelling at Andy Reid to uh, keep him in the game. And, you know, he bumps him and kind of grabs him and yells at him. I personally didn't see it as a big deal. You know, I said to multiple people, if I were Andy Reid, I'd find the shit out of Travis Kelsey for it. Like, here's a $50,000 fine for being an asshole on the sideline. Enjoy your Super Bowl ring. Go have a nice night with Taylor. Like, right. that's an easy, that's right. the easy fix. Um, but then you've got every, like, you all love these guys, right? All these wannabe high school football coaches and all these guys that are, you know, well, I would do it the right way. I would bench Travis Kelsey for the rest of the game or at least the rest of the half. Uh, and let everybody know that that's not acceptable. Shut the fuck up. It is the Super Bowl. It is the NFL. I don't give a fuck about you trying to build moral character. This is professional football. You know how much money is on the fucking line? Right? And you don't because your fucking small-ass brain can't fucking comprehend it. They don't give a fuck about moral character. And if I'm the coach, I don't give a fuck about his character right now. I need him to win me a goddamn game. And if you don't like that fucking attitude, then don't watch the fucking sport. But the thing is, you're going to watch because you love that about Travis Kelsey. You love that he's got that energy and that juice. That's what makes him better than everybody fucking else at his position. So you're going to shut the fuck up about what you would do and all your moral character and all that bullshit. Andy Reid will fine him. He already came out on the show, on, on, his, on his podcast with his brother, Travis Kelsey. Knew he stepped over the line. Knew he fucked up. Apologized to Andy Reid. You probably won't see it again. Right? And I'm sure the organization find the shit out of him. Well, and also, and I'm not, again, this is not a defense, 
But anytime you see, there was physical contact there, whether it was intentional or not, I can't say because I wasn't there. It looked like he got too close too fast and reacted. Yeah, he was run, He was running. He bumped it. He didn't re- like. He closed fast. And Andy Reid is not exactly twinkle toes, right? Like so, and Andy Reid was completely enthralled, like in his Denny's menu of a playbook, right? Which is funny because Andy Reid is portly, and but his playbook literally looks like a Denny's menu. Um, it was so big, and there's so much shit on it, right? Like you look at a Denny, Denny's menu, there's like a hundred items yeah. on it. But anyway. You know, Andy Reid wasn't expecting it. I mean, I think had he seen him coming, he would have been able to brace, and it probably wouldn't have been that bad. But nonetheless, Travis was totally wrong, right? Sure. Like, and I can I could say it because I've done something similar. I did something similar when I was younger and playing football. It got way out of hand, and that was on me. That was an immature, stupid thing. And people are like, well, Travis Kelsey is 34. He should know better. I agree, which is why I would find his ass $50,000. I had to run until I fucking died when I got into a fucking fight with my coach, right? That was what I paid because that was really the only currency I had was my body. You know, Travis Kelsey is an asset for the team, right? That there's financial money tied to. I'm not worried about dealing with that in that moment. I'll deal with it after the game and it will hurt him, right? In more ways than one. But also, and I've heard this from a ton of football players, both you know, on TV interviews, Huge shouting matches on sidelines are not rare events. They happen all the time. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs got a Huge it. shouting matches and even contact between teammates. Is it, The issue is that it was with the coach, it was with the head coach, and it was so visible in the yeah. biggest game. Like, it was clear. Everybody saw it on the screen. Yeah. Right? And that, that's what makes it different than, you know, Stefan Diggs and, and Gilmore sure. getting into it on the sideline. They're players. Like, you see it all the time. Guys got to get separated. Right, like they kind of, they, one pushes the other one, and then two guys get between them. I mean, they fucking fight. Like uh, you, we've all watched Hard Knocks, right? There's coaches who tell the guys to go, hey, go start a fight, right? And the guy goes out, the fight starts, and then they, you know, they grab face masks and do the whole thing. Shit happens all the time. The issue was this was a coach, right? In the Super Bowl, <laughs> in the Super Bowl, on the sideline, cameras are trained on him. You know, there's a million cameras there. Travis fucked up. Yeah. You know, and he, he owned it. And he owned it. Yeah, thank you. Right. He he owned it. And like I said, they'll probably find him. May, or maybe they won't find him. I don't know. Like, I mean, if he, I, I don't think Andy Reid is worried about it. Right. I, I don't think Andy Reid is worried about it. I think he's like, it's a heat of the moment thing. It's the pressure packed game, the biggest game of the year. Right. This is an opportunity for us to be in rarefied air to, 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 yeah. Pete, right. To repeat as champions. All right. Fine. I'll give my guy a pass for in the moment. He blew up, but the thing that really pissed me off about this are people who are then making a jump to, well, Taylor Swift better be taking account of this because, I mean, that if he's willing to do that on a sideline, though, as football coach, what is he going to do to Taylor Swift, right? Immediately making this connection to domestic violence, which I think is just utterly fucking disgusting, right? I mean, domestic violence happens. There are, yes, there are football players who are very abusive. I mean, we, there are some horrific examples in the NFL, but there are also horrific examples of every walk of life of men that beat women. It's not because he's a football player. It's not because he's big. It's not because he yelled at Andy Reid on the sideline in an intense pressure-packed moment. It's those men that abuse women. Like, they come from all walks of life, and the commonality is, is that there's something wrong with them in their fucking head that they think that it makes sense to beat women, Right? Like, just because Travis Kelsey did this does not put him in that camp. Right. You know, because, like, I can tell, like, take football out of it, 
like I've, I've done some form of bouncing or security for for fucking 15 or 20 years right since since i was in high school and I've had a number of instances where i've lost my shit yelled at people picked them up thrown them down slammed them around punched them in the face kicked them in the throat kicked them in the kidneys broken ribs right broken kneecap broke like i've physically hurt people in a lot of different ways because they didn't do what they were supposed to do or they threatened me that does not make me abusive you see me around my daughter right like i i yelled at my daughter one time right yelled at her in a way that i didn't i personally didn't feel comfortable with right i yelled too loud right because we we were going back and forth and i felt terrible Right, and that, and that, and that was, and then it, the, the funny thing about it is that my daughter didn't even see it as a threat, right? She was more upset because I was yelling at her about her homework because she didn't do her homework. She wasn't yelling like, "Oh my God, I'm afraid of dad." She was just like, "I just, just didn't want to do her homework," you know. So I, I just, right. how many times have you punched me? I, I mean, not really, but I mean, I've never I mean, dozens of times. Yes. I don't think that makes you in any way a threat to women. You punch me because you're, and you're not really punching me. I know you're not like wind, winding up and letting it go, but the, that's it's, it's a joke between us for years. Like, right. c- come come with me to watch a Steelers game. When Ben throws a pick, I need someone to punch. Right. Boom, I get a jab in the shoulder. Yes. That does not make you abusive to women. Right. Um, and, and, but the conspiracy shit around Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is fucking amazing to me. Just... There's the people who think it's all about the Democrats and trying to push the vaccine and all that. I'm like, oh my God. And then I've got other friends who are not right-wingers telling me they think it's a fake relationship because um, the NFL wanted the Swifty... I'm like, okay, they certainly don't mind the added money. At the same time, they don't fucking need Taylor Swift. Someone was saying this to me the other day at my Irish pub, and I said, maybe they just like fucking each other. I'm just going on a limb that maybe, and they was like, well, I've never seen him be that affectionate in public. I'm like, what have you means- seen him with somebody? Like, what are you talking about? What, like when that person says, oh, I've never seen him been that, like how much time do you spend around right. Travis Kelsey, right. <laughs> like loving up on his chick, right? Like, I mean, like what the fuck are you people even talking about? It is amazing. And then somebody, someone online posted a picture of Travis Kelsey with his last girlfriend. Okay. Right after one of their other Super Bowls, right, one of the other previous two Super Bowls that they won, because this was number three, right, with yeah. this group, and um, there it was, it went all sorts of sideways because Travis girl, Travis Kelsey's last girlfriend was black. I knew that, yeah. Right, so in the the conspiracy is like, well, I mean, they had to bring in Taylor because you know, I mean, it wasn't going to work with a black girl, right? The league needed. Travis Kelsey, right, with with an all-American white girl. Couldn't work with a black girl. Um, And, you know, it it comes to show you how racist Democrats are. I'm like, wait, who? who? All right. Okay, first of all, who orchestrates this? Travis and Taylor, you must fuck. No, you must pretend to fuck. I, I don't like the Chiefs. I hate the fucking Chiefs. And I have no opinion, really, on Taylor Swift. But the number of people who are turning this into fucking the JFK assassination, please stop. Unbelievable. Please fucking stop. How would those two come together? Because they're both wealthy fucking entertainers, right? He's an athlete. She's a singer. 
he literally said out loud on public, either on his podcast or on someone else's podcast, that he wanted to holler at Taylor Swift. He got an opportunity to meet her, right? Was in her general vicinity. She heard it and was just like, all right, let's give it a shot. We know she likes to date random dudes. Yeah. Right? Oh, I by mean, the way, her, her Tom, trick- Brady, Tom Brady and Giselle got together because she was like, hey, I'm a supermodel. I want to meet Tom Brady. They were married for however many years. This shit happens, I won't say all the time because there's not a lot of Travis Kelsey. God, it's fucked up how they broke up, though. <laughs> that's a different different story. I mean, that's, isn't that almost like the exact story from any given Sunday? <laughs> I don't remember. He wanted to retire. It was the opposite. He wanted to retire, and she told him to keep playing. Okay, then it's the absolute opposite. Yeah, and, and if he retired, she was going to walk out, and then he tried to play, got really hurt, and then she ends up leaving. Giselle was like, bitch, you've been out enough. You need to come home, and he didn't. He's like, I don't want to deal with this shit at home. Right. But then there was conspiracy theories that Antonio Brown was having sex with Giselle, and that's why this all broke. <laughs> I never heard that one. Yeah, it was that's, pretty wild. That's far more plausible than the NFL orchestrated Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to have a fake relationship because they needed more ratings, and by the way, they're also trying to get the vaccine. Can you we talk say- about the game, please? Sure. The game was great. You know, I agree. A lot of people are like, that game was boring. I'm like, that game, game was, was not boring. The defense of the first half was phenomenal, and then Mahomes did Mahomes' You also shit. need to acknowledge that I called how that game was going to play out. I don't, because I don't remember exactly. I, did, I think you, I told I, you, you said the Chiefs would win. I said the Chiefs would win. It would be a close game, probably Pat Mahomes, last-second heroics. Um, I thought that Purdy would be able to step into the moment, maybe have a little bit of a... a, a you know, starstruck moment, but he didn't actually. He came out on the first drive and looked really good, but then uh, McCaffrey fumbled, of all people. Right. right? Um, but, I mean, the game played out almost exactly how I thought that it would. I didn't think it would go to overtime. I just thought it was going to be one of those things where kind of last person with the ball wins and that Mahomes in Kansas City would figure out a way to be the last team with the ball. Um, I think you'd all said it would take a mistake to – Tilt the game and it, and yeah, it did. I mean it was going to come down. But it, that's that's most games, right? right most that's games, most games, right? Like plays. that's not that's not brilliant. But at at the end of the day, right, you still had those mistakes that were made. Sure. Um, I think the the you know injury uh, that the linebacker suffered. Um, uh, oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. Drake, uh, Drake Greenlaw, um, when he blew his Achilles, you know, going to run on the field. That had an impact, right? Because that is what kind of opens up Travis Kelsey in the second half, right? Because Travis Kelsey really kind of blew up in in the second half. And I think that's a direct relation to Drake Greenlaw being hurt, right? Because now Fred Warner is trying to cover Travis Kelsey, but from afar. Because all they were doing was taking Travis Kelsey and saying, oh, Fred Warner's there. We're going to put you on the other side. And they didn't have, like, Fred Warner and really Drake Greenlaw were the only two who could really match up with Kelsey in both athleticism and size. And when you take one away, then you've got this kind of like glaring gap. And I, I'm I just, well aware of what injured linebackers do to opening up Travis Kelsey. The Bills yes. linebacking core was decimated for that game. And yep. Yep. I mean, so you, you, you see that happen in real time. It, it was fun to watch the, both Steve Spagnolo and, uh, um, the defensive coordinator for Steve Wilkes, which they let go of Steve Wilkes, oddly enough, uh, it, it was fun to watch what they were the adjustments that they were making on defense, looking at some of the concepts, especially how they were, uh, especially how Spagnolo was maneuvering the safeties, 
um, in trying to like hide some things. And, and Purdy responded pretty well, right? The best that he could. He took what they would give him. Um, they just weren't giving him a lot, right? Like there wasn't, you know, like Debo didn't, Debo Samuels didn't have the impact. Ayuk didn't have, it, it really, they were forcing the game to be won by McCaffrey and Jennings, right? right. And they felt that if, if they had to put it, like if they could, if they could contain McCaffrey somewhat and really lock down Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk, then that leaves you with really just Jennings and Kittle. And they hadn't been using, you know, like Kittle had a big game, but like he can fade in and out. And they really weren't able to, the 49ers offense wasn't able to kind of capitalize on that. Um, I think Kittle got hurt a little bit. Uh, McCaffrey did everything that he could with the opportunities he had, but it just, it wasn't quite, it was almost enough. But then ultimately it comes down to the, the, the 49ers being able to stop Kansas City in overtime, and they Patrick Mahomes is just that dude. Um, I had money on McCaffrey as the MVP. <laughs> Ooh. And had, and had San Francisco won, McCaffrey would have been the MVP. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a <laughs> doubt. Um, I had a wild like five-leg parlay um, that I was close on. I had McCaffrey scoring a touchdown. I had Purdy throwing two touchdowns. I had uh, Mahomes throwing for more than 270 yards. And I had Travis Kelsey was more than was seven plus catches. And Taylor a, Swift getting 15 minutes on of camera. Time. No, it was something with Debo Samuels um, that I got him all except for the Brock Purdy two touchdowns. And thought I had him. All right. Thought I had it in overtime, which would have been nice. We're, we're going long. Had you thrown it to McCaffrey? I definitely would have been. So we both would have been happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we. Uh, we're we're going along, and I got to run. Get to it. But what are you trying to say? I'm, not, I'm trying to say is that when people argue, is is Mahomes in the goat argument, the greatest of all time argument? Maybe not that. Yes, pro- he's in the conversation, but the, we'll keep it he's short. In the, he's in the all time greats conversation. Yeah, he's in the all time great conversation, right? Um, he and he's like he will be in the greatest of all time conversation, but. The reality is, is that it's got to be based one. Brady won seven over twenty years, right? Right. Joe Montana won four. Joe Montana's also never lost a Super Bowl. I think Joe Montana won three. I think. Oh yeah, young. yeah. He won three. Yeah, yeah. He won three, and, and Young won one. Um, and you know, uh, Bradshaw won four. Right. Right. And so now Bradshaw never gets mentioned in this because I mean maybe it's the era and kind of how they and played. That defense, the defense won was really that. good. Um, but I mean, Bradshaw still has four. He's Absolutely. at least got to have the conversation, right? Like I, I can't include a guy like Marino. I can't include like, you know, uh, even as good as John Elway was, he's not up to, like, he was really good, really athletic for the time, strong cannon of an arm, but you know, he, he only has two. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think the conversation really is that, that you have a debate between Brady and Montana right now. And I think Mahomes is now with, you know, is Mahomes better than Montana, right? And Montana's can say, again, I didn't lose any Super Bowls. Okay. But Mahomes is like, well, look, I got the yards, I got the touchdowns, I'm dealing with different teams. Like, you had Jerry Rice. <laughs> you know Jerry Rice, Roger Craig. You know, John Taylor, you know, now, the whole thing. He does have Travis Kelsey. He did have right. um, uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, thank you. Right, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see how it kind of plays out. But, uh, I mean, I think for me, it's, he's in the conversation. We can all see the direction that this is going, but... 
again, it took Brady 19, 20 years to do what he did. And longevity and consistency is a big part of it. And it seems like there's nothing really to slow down Mahomes and Andy Reid. As long as Andy Reid is there and as long as Mahomes can stay healthy um, and they can manage their salary cap, then there's no reason to really think that they're going anywhere. But Agreed. it's still like even, this game was hard for them to win. They had to go on the road all through the plant. Like the road isn't like they're no longer a lock or a guarantee. Like next year is probably going to be even harder for them. Lots of teams are retooling. You're getting you're getting a injection of new young blood uh, coaching, which you saw what that did for Houston, right? D'Amico Ryan's being a player. D'Amico Ryan's having experience as a coordinator under Shanahan, who's a good coach, who's been in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl multiple times. Um, you're seeing, you know, Gerard Mayo, who similar track, right, as D'Amico Ryan's, right? So everyone's saying Patriots are going to be, they're going to be the worst team in the division. They're going to be down. I don't know. Now, in terms of um, Houston, they also had a young stud quarterback step up and just yeah, ball but the listen, fuck out. New England's got New England's got a high draft pick, right? Maybe, yeah, they're picking no, in the it, top five. It, so it, it could happen. So I, I, I'm just saying. What I'm saying is the road for Kansas City is not easy. They, you know, you know, your top quarterbacks in the league are all in the AFC. All of those teams are trying to retool and figure out. Then there's that next level of teams like the Steelers, right? Who Everyone feels like, man, you guys were a weird good suck this year, and it feels like you're a quarterback away from really excelling to that next level, right? Because if the Steelers have a good offense, that means the defense is on the field less, and when the defense is on the field less, they're that much more effective. So well, and, I'm just and, saying there's, there's, there's people gunning for Kansas City, and their ability to continue to do this and win is not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. So... He's in the conversation, and I think everyone sees again. If he continues on this pace, it's you're not you're not going to have a choice. He wins seven, eight, nine Super Bowls, right? And he, let's say he does it. Let's say he wins seven, but he wins seven in ten years, right? Or nine or, no, or, or twelve years, <laughs> right, right? Right. But but I'm, I'm going to throw some Bill stuff in there. If Josh Allen makes the throw to the back of the end zone and it gets caught, could be a different outcome. If Stephon Diggs makes what was a challenging but catchable ball that went through his hands, could be. I mean, right. if, if the Bills if the, the Bills beat Kansas City, then we're not even having the conversation about them repeating. Right. Right. And in that conversation, that greatest of all time conversation, calms down a little bit. But he's still a relatively young guy with multiple championships. And, now three. And that's that's the weird part is talking when usually when you talk about greatest of all time stuff, you're talking about folks towards the end of their career. He's nowhere near the end of his right. career. He's he's not, and that's why I'm saying like, I, I like I'm more than willing to say like, look, he's probably going to get there. It's just he needs more Super Bowls, right? Which is crazy because he's got three. I mean, it, it's right now it's it's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Montana isn't coming back to win another Super Bowl. I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> I saw him interview the other day. I'm like, damn, Joe. Now he's 65 years old, so. He looks, I think, 65. He, he's 65 years old and enjoys his Guinness, according right, to the and, commercials. Uh, uh, all right. All right, brother. We're going to wrap this up. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck. And we're done.